you, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much to Typical Tyrant, Chris M., Nicholas D., Nick Patrick, Jordan L., Algaron, Zerocio, Robert Y., and Beef Squatch for making this show happen. You can join them and get some great perks for yourself over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And join our Discord. We've got great conversations happening all the time, and it's completely free to join. Check it out for yourself at thehappyhearthstone.com slash discord. Hello and welcome to episode 159 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown. I am so excited to be with you. I've got to tell you all that as we're recording this, it's been a very long day, if I'm honest with you. Uh, long day at work, some great family time. I had to uh, I had to go and raid the fridge for a little bit of caffeine just to make sure I've got a little extra pep in my step. Um, but truly, I counted it honor to be with you tonight um, because this uh, this podcast is just a lot of fun to do to be able to connect and talk about a game that we all love so so much with a community we all love so so much. And I'm really excited because we've got a longtime member of the community, somebody I've known in the digital space for a while, uh, and is just joining me for, for the first time now from all the way on the other side of the world down in Australia. It's my friend Electric Mick. What is going on, man? Hey, man. It's so good to be here. It's uh, I got to say, it's it's cool to hear that intro to the show from from this side of it for for a change. It's, uh, it was, <laughs> It's very special for me. It's not just in the car radio now. It's actually on the other side of a phone call. Yeah, exactly. Uh, call. It's, uh, <laughs> in the conversation that I'm in, it's uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting juxtaposition there. It's cool. It's a it's a different meta game when you're actually <laughs> uh, recording the show rather than just listening to it. Well, man, I, I I'm so excited to to be here with you. I know we probably have a lot of people who have either man, Electric Mick, that sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen him on Instagram or Twitter or something like that. So tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, just what your space in the Hearthstone world is right now. Yeah, I mean, so look, basically, uh, as you said, I'm from Australia. I live in Sydney, so I've been here a while, obviously. Um, played a lot of games. Uh, started with Atari and Sega Master System 2 before getting to my first proper gaming love, which was the PlayStation, and I've had every PlayStation oh since then. Have you? Oh, so you're a diehard Sony fanboy. Then. Oh, yeah, I'm one of those guys that I can't I can't change <laughs> brands, you know. I can't, I can't get an Xbox. I've I just gotcha. had PlayStations. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I've played a lot of games, obviously. Most of the games that I tend to play sort of, uh, you know, RPGs or action adventures, your Metal Gear Solids, your Arkham Cities, that sort of stuff. I've actually played The Witcher 3 through twice. I've put in about 600 hours. And, yeah, I've cleared nearly every point on the map, including the expansions. So, um, That's impressive. <laughs> picked, oh, yeah, there's a lot of work in that one. Uh, but it was a lovely game, very lovely game. And I, I picked Yen both times, so Tris fans don't at me, but any of the Yen fans, uh, <laughs> feel free to, to reach out. I don't even know what you're saying, but it sounds good, so <laughs> I, I'm down. <laughs> don't worry, they'll get it. They'll, they'll get it, trust me. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> pl- played a lot of WoW, obviously. I played Vanilla WoW, Human Warlock, so I did a lot of the stuff in there. Okay. But the, the day okay. before the first expansion launched, I walked my character back to Northshire Abbey and uh, logged out and then haven't played since. Wow. 
Oh, so yeah. you were an original fanboy of World of Warcraft, but oh, yeah. um, but you had a very limited time window where you were in it, huh? Oh, that's right. I mean, I could, I just, I don't get me wrong. I love that game so much, but I could just sort of see where it was going, and I'd kind of mm-hmm. achieve the upper sort of echelons of that in terms of the raid, and just thought I didn't particularly want to do that again. So I quit while the game was finished for me, and then kind of, yeah, that was it. That's crazy. Okay, so. So World of Warcraft makes sense. How did you get into Hearthstone? How did that transition happen? Well, no one actually got me into it. So none of my friends that I knew before this great community um, played it. I just was aware of it because obviously of Blizzard and because of of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. So I was, I'd played a lot of those sort of mobile games where you build a building and get currency and you do that sort of thing over and over. And I, uh, I, got, I got a bit sick of those, so I thought I'd download it. And I um, happened to download it a couple of weeks just before Knights of the Frozen Throne. And, okay. yeah, played a lot during then. Try to build myself, you know, you stand sort of big in a mage deck with two of every spell you can you can put in it and two yetis and all that you, sort of stuff. You gotta. That's like, that's a standard classic deck right there. Oh, man. I, I was just wondering how anyone was going to stop me, but no, normally, you know, around... <laughs> around uh level 19 they did um yeah so somehow or another yeah i took i took a little bit of time off around kobolds and catacombs and then i came back with a vengeance during the witchwood nice and what is it that's been bringing you back why are you why are you enjoying it? it sounds like this is your first card game to play is that right i played a little bit of um the Dragon Ball Z card game and Marvel o- okay. Overpowers and that sort of stuff. And I always liked playing okay. card games, but the going somewhere or finding people to play it with, I think, was the was the biggest issue. So mm. one of the best things about Hearthstone is I can just play whenever I want, wherever I want. You know what I mean? Like, there's always someone who wants to have sure. a game, which I love about this. I love about this in the community. It's just always there and ready to go for you. Even if you don't have a friend who wants to play with you, that's yeah. what ladder is for. Ex- exactly. For. Exactly. You know, even if you unlock a new card that you just want to put in a deck, that's what casuals for. Or it's just, you know, there's a lot of good things that it does well. And I think the ability to play anyone at any place over the world at any time of the day is a, a huge benefit to this game. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, for people who may be familiar with you in the social media space, you're really known in the community for highlighting a very specific aspect of Hearthstone. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, basically, throughout Twitter and throughout Instagram, what I like to do is talk about the, the art of the game that we all love. So pieces of art that I like or reasons that I enjoy enjoy certain bits of art or artists that I think are doing good things I really... I really like talking about why I enjoy certain cards or, or pieces of this game, you know, on Instagram or any of the social medias. Now, do you have a background in art or did this sort of just like get birthed as you're playing this game? Like, wow, yeah, this I, game is I just think so I just, beautiful in every way. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I mean, I like a lot of art. So, you know, I, I do a lot of photography. I do a lot of drawing and that sort of stuff. My brother is a professional okay. tattoo artist. He does amazing work. So art's oh, kind of... Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's, he's amazing. And uh, I just, I really liked this game and I started noticing more and more all the cool things that were on the board, all the cool things that were happening while i was awaiting my turn and just thought you know no one's really talking about this aspect of it so i thought i'd I'd put it out there about some something different about the game that we all love 
Yeah, I love I love seeing your tweets just come across because I feel like the artwork for Hearthstone, I know everyone's different probably in the aesthetics and stuff, but for me personally, I tend to look past it. Like mm. I will see something and it'll be, you know, it'll be cool or something, but it'll just be an element that's there. And whenever I've really slowed down to look at your posts or something, I it really causes me to reflect and just say, wow, there are levels of detail that I just don't get enough. And, you know, somebody worked really hard on making this one card look incredible or this animation or this game board or whatever the case may be. So I'm really thankful for how you kind of uh, just help me to slow down and appreciate some of the things that are easy to take for for granted, honestly. Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, that's that's the stuff that I like to hear. And you're right. You know, we're we're constantly playing at our turns or setting up our manner or looking at our interactions. That it's very easy to miss, the, you know, a large portion of the game, which is what it looks like. And and for me, mm-hmm. I just think it looks beautiful. There's so many cool things and fun things, and they have fun with it. It's just great. Absolutely. And so we're going to take a majority of our show today after we go through the laundry list of news that we've got oh, oh yeah. to talk about. We're going to we're going to go ahead and slow down big time in this episode to really talk through some of um, some of our favorite art that we have in this game and why we like it and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be great when we get to it. But before we get there, Mick, I got to ask why you're happy today. Well, I mean, first of all, it's uh, it's transitioning out of a uh... Australian summer, which I, you know, I don't know if you're aware, mm-hmm. it's very, very hot over here. Right, right. You, we have that uh, inverse thing going on because of the hemispheres. Oh uh, yes, yes. So, well, I'm, I'm happy that I'm getting out of summer. So you might be happy that you're about to uh, come into summer, <laughs> um, get a, a bit That's of a right, change yep. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, We've had too much snow lately, honestly. So I, I am there, but. I feel you that once this at the tail end of the summer, I'm always really glad that it's the end of summer. So I, I can imagine. Oh yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking forward to wearing a jumper and some jeans, you know, for 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 a change. <laughs> and look, the it's other thing bad. I, I got to say is, is I'm just happy to be here. It's cool talking to you. Finally, it's it's uh, it's nice to be around and be on the show. Good man. Hopefully, it can be everything that uh, you thought it would be. If it, if you thought it would be a good thing, I would do it. We're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> good man. And uh, yeah, so what, uh, what what's making you happy today, Andrew? Um, well, I am happy. Even I, I think it's really easy, especially in America. I, I think it's a cultural thing that like we get bogged down by our busy busyness. Um, but like I mentioned, like today was a busy day, and I feel a lot of thankfulness, honestly. Um, just the fact that I have a job, the fact that I uh, have a beautiful family that I love spending time with. I mean, so. I I maybe and and the fact that I get to be here with you too. Uh, I really don't take it for granted. Honestly, actually, another reason that I'm happy on that note is I actually went back to listen to a little bit of history, a little happy Hearthstone history. Oh yeah. For those of you who need a little history lesson, I went back and listened to episode 100 uh, because that was a really special episode. I got to interview Yang Wu uh, when he was on on the team. And I got to interview the founder of the Happy Hearthstone, Josh Augustine, and talk uh, talk to him about kind of the uh, just the history of the show when he was the host of it and everything. And so uh, listening to that today, especially, really made me thankful uh, for what I get to be a part of by, uh, yeah, by being that's on really the show. Cool. Yeah, and even just continuing it, honestly, like Mick, just the fact that you haven't been on the show and you're here. Like, it's exciting to me that you wanted to be on the show, that you are on the show, um, because I, I was listening to Josh talk about his original intent for the show, how he really, it was really important to him that there were different 
uh, co-hosts on the show so that they could highlight different personalities, different Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I I don't know that I ever would have come up with an art episode on my own Uh um, unless I I had been really digging in like we need something to talk about. (laughs) Um, But the but the fact that you're here, that you bring so much uh, so much more knowledge, honestly, than I than I have about that specific topic. We can really enjoy it. We can create some new conversations. So all of that blends together. I'm I'm extremely happy uh, about the Happy Hearthstone and uh, about what's sure to be a really good uh, a really good episode here, man. So um, just call me uh, tintillated with all sorts of uh, warm fuzzies uh, oh. on the inside. Oh, I'll have to write uh, that one... down. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's one of those good feeling days for me, for sure. Um, and honestly, there there is a big part of it too that there is so much going on in Hearthstone, um, dude. This is this is going to be a pretty cool year if this news is telling us anything. Am I right? Oh wow! I mean, we talked through the week about how it feels like it's Christmas, but everything that's coming out <laughs> at the moment is just I'm just so I'm getting more excited one little bit after the other. You know, I can't wait. And the truth is, like, as far as it pertains to what the expansions are exactly and what the new mechanics and cards are, we really still have zero clue. Mm. Um, and hopefully there's I, I kind of have this feeling that when this episode drops, that day is the day the new expansions can get announced. Uh, so my apologies if you've already seen the trailer and know the name and you've seen some new cards and stuff. But we don't know right now. So No, no, we don't. Um, We're doing our best. But we do have plenty that we do know about, so we're gonna we're gonna talk through all of that. And yeah, it's a doozy here. So strap yourselves in. Um, we've got a little bit of older stuff and a little bit of newer stuff here. So the big announcement is that this next year is going to be called Year of the Dragon. So we're leaving Year of the Raven, and come April when the new expansion drops, that will usher in the Year of the Dragon. They've been doing this for a few years now, where they just kind of have a name, and I guess for year. Well, let's see. You're the Kraken was sort of a, a nod to um, to Whispers of the Old Gods because tent- tentacles and stuff like that. It really mm-hmm. didn't have any other reason for the rest of the year. Uh, year of the Mammoth, they said, was a big a big deal because they had a lot of big changes coming. Um, uh, yes. that, that was the first year that they had kind of like new adventures and stuff like that. Uh, so the Mammoth was also a nod to the first expansion of the year, Journey to Angoro. And then uh, Year of the Raven this past year, they never really said what that was, but there was sort of a line of mysticism through all three expansions. So we had, um, what was the first expansion of the year? Why the Witchwood. Um, thank you, the Witchwood. Obviously the spookiest of them all, right? Oh, yes. Boomsday oh, yes. Project was set in, uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, but like the Ether World or the something nether, like that. Nether Storm? Is that what I was saying? Nether Storm or Nether Spite, Nether Storm, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, Nether and Something. Then, uh, yeah, and then Rastakhan's Rumble had these spirits, Loas, all of that. So there was there was this mysticism thread throughout everything. Year of the Dragon, they really haven't said why that's there. Mm. Um, but if you've seen this preview, they kind of they have the preview picture that sort of gives hints as to what the three different expansions are. That last one sure looks like it's been scorched by a dragon, and people oh, yeah. are are. People are calling that Deathwing might have a prominent role in that one. Are you are you feeling any of that, Mick? I think the thing that uh, the the other thing that's kind of cool about this is that they've said that they will be linked all the three expansions. So we're looking at more right. of a 
holistic year, which is cool. And I'm I'm looking at that last one and that's that's death wing to me. That is one hundred percent death wing. <laughs> it's gotta be. So yeah, I, I'm really excited about that. They said instead of three um just siloed expansions, there's going to be an overarching story through this whole year. And I think I think that's huge, man. I mean, as much as there have been interesting vignettes and uh, locations and even short stories kind of told. I think it's really exciting to think there's a level of, okay, what are they going to do next or where are they going to take this next? And we've barely seen anything and we're already feeling that. I oh, have yeah. a feeling we are we are going to feel that through the entire year. There is a level of intrigue that I don't think there's ever been uh, as far as like all of the greatness of this year. So, um, So yeah, some really exciting stuff with that. Uh, with the Year of the Dragon announcement, they had quite a few things within that. One of the things that I didn't want to breeze by too quickly was that they announced their new executive producer of Hearthstone, Chris Sigety. And Chris is a longstanding member of uh, Blizzard. He's been on staff for a long time. He's worked on different games like Heroes of the Storm and StarCraft II. And he's actually been in the executive producer role for a few months now. Uh, even though they just announced him, he's been there for, for quite a bit of time. And I wanted to point you, um, because I'm a little bit biased, but also because <laughs> it's a great resource, uh, that the great folks at HS Replay actually did an interview before I ever came on the team with them uh, with Chris Sigety and Dina Yala. And uh, they got to know Chris, talk a little bit about his background and what it's been like working on the team. So he didn't really go into any of that in this video uh, about Year of the Dragon. So I'll, I'll be sure to include the link in the show notes at thehappyharson.com if you want to check that out. But that's really the greatest resource there is to kind of know uh, Sigety and his background and uh, just what he's bringing to the team. Obviously, no one needs me to say that there are some big shoes to fill for him. Oh, yeah. Um, but he def he definitely comes with a lot of experience, and uh, I, I, it'll be great to see what he does. If you ever expect someone to be someone else, that's a fool's errand. Um, but uh, it seems like he's got a great rapport with the team, and, and yeah, just experience is going to be able to lead well. So. Uh, excited to see that. The another big thing here is the the Hall of Fame inductees. We were all really waiting uh, to hear this, and you could have heard pins drop <laughs> as they were getting to it in in the video. Uh, Mick, why don't you talk to us about some of these cards that are going to rotate? I guess I guess we should actually tell people in case you haven't been around for a Hall of Fame. What does that mean that they're moving into the Hall of Fame here? So basically, uh, at the start of every new year. Blizzard, the the team at uh, Team Five, decide that there's a few cards that I don't know either have been a bit too prevalent or perhaps limit some future design space or don't work with things they want to do, and they take them out of generally it's the classic and the basic set and put them into the Hall of Fame so that they can't be accessed by new players and they're taken out of standard and and put into wild. Mm -hmm. So if you have these cards, you'll still be able to play them in wild. They're mm -hmm. just not going to be found in standard and. I loved how they talked about these three cards, Doomguard, Naturalize, and Divine Favor, that they were each being specifically removed from Standard and, and put in the Hall of Fame because the class identities for Warlock, Druid, and Paladin really get warped by this single card. Um, mm. Did any of these surprise you, Mick? Or were they, were they? did you kind of expect any of them? i got to say I was not expecting Doomguard at all. Um I can yeah. see that there's a lot of things that it does now, and it makes sense now that they've mentioned it in terms of what Warlock does and Burst from Hand and 
I mean, now with you know, we've had a few years where things like the weapon of you know the skull of Lenari pulled out without the punishment of the two cards. So with that going, mm. I was a bit surprised here. Um, naturalize, not so much. I think that's been a very powerful card for a long time. The draw two cards sure, to your yeah. opponent's not enough of a downside, I don't think, especially because it hits almost anything and it's one mana, so it's got to be the cheapest removal in the game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and divine favor. I mean, look, I think our, our good buddy ridiculous hat probably crack, cracked some champagne and had a good time with that announcement because that you know that i can imagine yep <laughs> and that's been that's been a that's been a crazy card for for a little while i think the the advantage that you can get off that for the mana cost especially with the way paladin currently plays it's almost one of those auto includes for things where you're putting down a lot of low cost stuff which we know that at the moment for the past little while that's what paladin likes to do yeah, I think Paladin especially just hasn't they've they've had a few other draw cards, but it's like why would you ever use anything other than Divine Favor? That can be a three mana draw seven cards. Like, yeah, exactly. And, exactly. There's no reason to put in anything else. And especially around that slot, it doesn't you know, there's so many things to fit there. You can play it in the late game and still have the mana left over to use some of the cards you've just gotten. Yeah. So I, I think that they're all good. I, I was a little surprised by Doomguard because I thought, well, Skull is rotating out, but who knows what's coming out in the next set that uh, could let you do more. I'm yeah. honestly, I, with, with Skull and Cube leaving, I feel a lot better about Doomguard, um, but I'm sure that it just restricts them in some design space that it's like as long as there is a charge card, uh, it's just going to... I'm still holding out and wondering, is there going to be a time when Corcoran Elite... Needs to go into the Hall of Fame. I can see Stone Touch Boar being a bigger problem than Corcoran Elite, honestly, in a lot of ways. But yeah, I think um, it might be one of those things with Corcoran. If it comes back in a big way, they'll look at it again. But same, you know, same for you with yeah. Doomguard. I thought a lot of the enablers there were rotating out, so I thought they might have left it. But maybe what they've got for this year just synergizes too well. Yeah, who knows what's coming? And like you mentioned, typically these Hall of Fame inductees are from Classic or Basic, but for the very first time. We've got a few cards that were in this little set called the Witchwood <laughs> that we've been wondering what, what the team was going to do. We knew they were going to do something. And lo and behold, Baku and Gen are rotating into the Hall of Fame. And the crowd went wild. I mean, just wow, right? right? Just uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> No, tell, tell me what you think about this. How did, how did this hit you, Mick? Oh, wow. I mean, this is... I think this is so good because no one really, you know, everybody kind of wanted this nerf. Well, most people did uh, wanted this nerf, and no one really had a solution that was that great, I think. So this, moving them over and just Team 5 showing, look, we know this is a problem, so here's what we're going to do about it. Just this would have almost, we could have had another year of Odd Paladin and even Locke, but for them to listen right, to the community right. feedback and move forward with something like this is is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It, these two cards have warped the meta so incredibly deeply. Mm. Um, and I, I think about the weight it has put on the team as they've developed each of these previous sets. Mm. To say with every single card, does this belong in an even paladin or in an odd paladin? Yeah. In an even warrior or an odd warrior? You know, I mean, even even the classes that don't really have those prevalent archetypes. Um, it's just been, it's been a lot. So for them, 
I, I, I honestly feel like this is a bit of a band-aid, but it's a good band-aid. It's not like we're bleeding out by any stretch, but no. moving Baku and Gen into wild will allow the standard players to breathe deeply, to have a lot of variety right off the bat. And, um, and, and, and for the design team to really just go hog wild, creating what they think are fair cards without this as part of it. Now for the wild community, obviously th these are going to continue to, uh, to go deeply and odd and even decks are, are pretty prevalent over there as well. Um, I, I keep thinking of what my buddy saucy mailman, um, said for the reason he plays wild, it's because he loves powerful stuff. Mm. And you know why? Like for him, it's it's sort of a duh thing. Like why wouldn't you want to go and just do broken things? Um, I, and I think because many wild players would agree with that, Genembaku can can uh, won't wear out their welcome as quickly uh, in the wild community. Now I, I'm sure there's already some thoughts uh, on their mind. Like okay, so Genembaku just exists forever over here. I would be really surprised if they don't get nerfed or removed or altered or something at some point. Um, but like you mentioned, it's kind of hard to figure out what to do that can really bring some balance to the force with them. Um, I, I honestly don't know how you change them with it still feeling fair and feel like at some point they may just say, okay, it's time for Baku again to just be put on the shelf indefinitely. Um, but well, that's all hypothesis. I, for me, as a primarily standard player, I'm thrilled about this. I think it's great for the game. And I'm really thankful that the team thought outside the box, did something that was quote-unquote against protocol, uh, moving a, a couple of cards from, uh, from the Witchwood over to, uh, to the Hall of Fame early. Yeah, know, exactly. It, it really speaks that they're willing to do what it takes if it's the right thing to do. So I'm, I'm really thankful for that precedent. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what this does with the new set. I mean, we've seen, especially with this year, the year of the Raven, that we've kind of just added pieces to, you know, once Barco again came in, they were the, the, you know, the predominant strategies, and we just added pieces to those decks. So now it's kind of good to mm -hmm. kind of get a fresh start, I think. We're not going to be sitting there adding and removing stuff from existing odd and even decks. Right, right. Uh <sighs> I, I don't think I've fully come to terms with how great it's going to be. Honestly. No, no, I, I know. I mean, I've been playing a lot of wild. I think I've been playing the last three months pretty much wild exclusively, but it's, it feels okay, okay to okay. me over there because I don't feel like every paladin I run to is odd paladin and every warlock's mm. not an even lock. And I think it's kind of, it does, you, you do get a bit of a, a bit of a breath in between those sort of types over there. Okay. Whereas in standard, mm. I am not going to miss them at all. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, yeah, I, I think it's just it's it's great. I haven't seen anyone complaining about that. And we, we should mention also that there are accompanying cards that kind of take advantage of odd and even decks. Black Cat, Glitter Moth, Merc Spark Eel and Gloomstag are also going to be rotating into the Hall of Fame with them, which makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, it would be a bummer to get these cards out of a uh, Witchwood pack. If uh, if you happen to open one and you you said wait wait but Baku and Ben are gone <laughs> so I I don't think I'm gonna craft an odd druid deck just so I can put Gloomstag in it even though it's a great tempo card. Well, I'm not sure anyone um, crafted odd decks and put tempo stag in them that much anyway. No, nope, that's true. Uh, I I remember wondering and it seemed really good at first, but mm. anyway, so so all of those cards are going to rotate in the Hall of Fame when the when the first expansion hits. Uh, which should be in April. We have we have yet to see an exact release date, but uh, they haven't they haven't broken protocol on uh, precedents for release dates really, uh, as far as the months that they're contained in. So, 
And uh, so, yeah, that'll be good. And you will be given dust equal to your collection for each of those cards. I love that they do this um, from from the very first time they had a Hall of Fame. Uh, they mentioned that they did this because they didn't want to basically reward people to not or incentivize people to not play wild. Yeah. So you can keep all of your cards, but you will get dust equal to their value as if you were dusting them at full value. Um, now, if you have two golden and two regular copies, you will not get all of that. You just get the two most expensive ones that you have, essentially. So uh, if you don't have any of these cards, you can craft them now if you have the dust and you will get that dust back. So it's a really good investment. If you think you'll ever play wild and you don't have Baku again, uh, go for it. And and if you have the dust and you'll get it back, it's basically a free card. So it uh, can't hurt anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I, uh, I personally actually crafted them both in gold because I thought I might want to play hey. some maybe later. So why not? You know, it's a bit sure. of a banking yep. of the dust. And a lot of people like to do that, too, because it's like, even if you have the regular, well, it's essentially half price to get the golden one. So exactly. you, won't get another, you won't get a deal like that again. No, so especially, got, especially with these guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you've got maybe a month, a little less. It, it depends uh, on when they actually release it to think about it. So think about it, and I'll be sure to tell you when that happens. So Hall of Fame is a big deal, um, but oh my goodness, is there a lot that they unveiled about the solo adventures without really unveiling anything? Yeah. Uh, we we basically heard that they've got a ton of changes coming to the formats that solo adventures are are taking. Uh, Mick, why don't you talk us through what some of these changes are? Well, I mean, there's so many so many things here. So we've got the basically we're looking at a new totally unique and different from what i can tell solo player experience where looks like we're going through mm -hmm. another bunch of chapters and those sorts of things with the the first one coming out a little bit after set release so i don't know mid 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 may i think it was um mm -hmm. we're talking about additional chapters are available for 700 in-game gold or 20 dollars for the the whole set which is five chapters in total which i mean that's a lot that's a, that's a lot of solo player content mm -hmm. you get it's actually it's in line with what they did with like Curse of Naxxramas and League of Explorers, basically. Mm. Um, and it's interesting. I didn't have a lot of clarity because they mentioned that they're going to do dungeon runs still like that, uh, that concept. But then they also said that these chapters are coming. So I, I'm honestly a little unclear. Maybe I haven't done my homework extensively, um, although I stay pretty close to this stuff. Um, <laughs> that I, I don't know if we're getting a dungeon run mode and a single-player mode that's similar to what adventures have been, or if it's just taking on that adventure thing with, like, five different chapters, but there's, like, a progression that's similar to Dungeon Runs. I mean, they talked about, like, unlockable heroes, unlockable yeah. hero, uh, hero powers, unlockable deck sets that you can play in those solo adventures, so... We have yet to see exactly the details, but um, it's exciting because it sure does look like there's going to be a lot more playable content, at least. Oh, yeah. They also talked about, their, I think they're bringing back Heroic Mode, which is which is good for a lot of the, mm -hmm. the completionists out yep. there. And then a new thing called Anomaly Mode. Right, right. And which, they didn't really say anything about that, I don't think. No, we don't, we don't know anything about that yet, apart from the word Anomaly, which in itself is, you know, w what could that be? That that's getting my Anom brain firing. Is it anomalous? Oh, we. 
I, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I, this is what I'm talking about. Like, they gave us a lot, but there's also a lot we don't know still. So it'll be interesting to see how all this goes. Um, they did mention that for each of the chapters that you complete, you will get three packs from the new expansion. And then when you complete all chapters, you will get a golden classic pack and a card back. So they're they're upping their game for the rewards that you get. It's really cool for 20 bucks that you get all of the single player content uh, because getting, I, I guess that's 15 packs and a golden classic card pack. And usually you pay $20 for 15 packs straight up. Yeah, exactly. So you're, they're basically giving you all this solo adventure for free if you give them a little so i mean and honestly for a lot of us who put something into the expansions for pre-orders or whatever uh, 20 bucks is pretty low-hanging fruit oh um, yeah this is, and this is a no-brainer for me i mean especially it's also got that little um you know there's a couple of golden carrots there you've got the golden classic pack which is usually you can only get it when they give that to you there's no way to buy that right and then right. the um the the zale shadow cloak character in golden as well but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Zale Shadow Cloak is actually a really big deal because it's essentially the new Whizbang. So if you own all five chapters, that's if you plunk down your twenty bucks, or if you go through and get each with uh, each chapter with seven hundred gold, uh, you'll get that Zale Shadow Cloak, which will allow you to play deck recipes for I, I assume for the next year, essentially. And this is great because people have been saying move Whizbang into the classic set. Uh, and, uh, I, I think that this is a smart way. I'm, I'm going to put on my business hat here for a little bit because mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. the, the community hat would just say, well, give all the cards away for free. I'm going to put on my business hat. Look, yep. this is a business. They need to make money in order to continue making the game. If they don't make money, they will not make the game. Okay. And $20 is a very low price to say, essentially you can play with new cards all year long. So for the new player, like we've we've been saying since Whizbang was around, just save up your dust and craft Whizbang. For the brand new player, though, I think it's a way. It's obviously twenty bucks out of your wallet is a big deal, right? Yeah. But being able to say to them, pay twenty dollars and you can play with a lot of stuff. Yeah. That that's that's a lot simpler, honestly. And so I think it's great for them from a business perspective, but it also is good for the new player because. It just makes more sense. Okay, this is sort of my inlet. And by the way, you get all these adventures and stuff too. It's not just buying the card. Uh, though, honestly, I think it's worth it just for that for a lot of people who are either uh, mostly free to play or don't uh, don't grind all the time to get in-game gold and stuff. Just to say, pay the 20 bucks, get Zale Shadow Cloak. By the way, it's golden, so all your cards are golden oh, yes. that you get to play with, yes, too. Yes. I mean, how nice is that? So I, I think this is huge and really, really a smart idea on a lot of different fronts by Blizzard. Well, I think the interesting thing is, so, you know, we've heard that it's the new Whizbang, but what does that look like? So, I, I mean, I'm assuming that it's a put Zale in and it fills your deck out, but where do those cards come from? Because... I don't think it's just going to be exactly Whizbang because Whizbang's still around. So maybe we're looking at cards from something else. Maybe it's cards from an adventure or some other sort of unlockable treats. That's fair. There actually were some details that were given in um, in a PC Gamer article. I'm pulling it up right now to see if I can find um, what they had to say. They literally just said, it's the new Whizbang the Wonderful. 
Hmm. So that doesn't really. So no. It, it says it says it says that he'll enable you to play with five new deck recipes. So maybe um maybe Whizbang is going to um I don't know actually. I wonder if Whizbang is going to be constrained to only deck recipes from Year of the Raven. And if Zale will give you deck recipes from Year of the Dragon. I think it would make sense for them, honestly, to do a new one of these each year and just make it like a... I mean, honestly, it's like an annual subscription, essentially. $20 is a very low price to pay to have playable decks, new cards, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I could see them going that angle, but you're right. We do, uh, again, this is sort of the theme of, of this news. <laughs> we do need to understand a little bit more for how this looks before we celebrate, I guess, too much. <laughs> I think the other thing that I want to talk about, because now we've got the announcement of the new expansion and then the announcement of mm -hmm. also the solo player content, is that I'm hoping that uh, you and Wicked Good have obviously penciled out four or five days to review both separate sets in depth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we're going to pick up the solo adventure content to review uh, just because... Well, we've we've missed the ball quite a bit. If we were to go back and do like the Rumble <laughs> Run and, and Monster Hunt and stuff, uh, we'll probably keep it to the expansion. But I mean, honestly, doing the, doing the two full days, six hours each, uh, that's quite enough in my books. So oh yeah, we'll it's the marathon that, of a marathon of set reviews. That one. That's always a a tradition <laughs> to get that on at the start of when I go to work and I look up and it's lunchtime. But by the time we get through one half, there you go. See, we stick with you. Yeah, that's we're right. Consistent. <laughs> Uh, so another thing they talked about here are the arena changes, and these are pretty significant. It's honestly, it's a really simple change, but it's it's huge. What they're going to do with arena going forward is twice during each expansion's lifespan, they're going to limit cards in arena to a few select expansions. So typically what they've done is that any cards in standard, you would be able to draft for an arena run, but they're only going to have specific expansions and it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily limited to what's in standard so they've already unveiled that on day one of this new expansion when you uh, boot up an arena run you will have options from the basic set from classic from curse of naxxramas whispers of the old gods mean streets of gadgets and the witchwood and the new expansion of course because if they don't do that then that's mm. that's just silly that's but, right yeah um Really like a, a smattering of a bunch of different things. Um, do you play much Arena, Mick? Or if you do, how do you feel about it? And if you don't, will this get you in to, to play some? I don't play a lot of Arena, but I quite like it. I'm not a, not that great of a deck builder, but I'm definitely going to give this a go because I'm keen to see what this is going to bring up now, especially with all the different sets here. I mean, just looking at this list... I'm thinking, what if you could get some Jade Synergy going on with some Lowether mm -hmm. going on and all that sort of cool stuff or facing oh, Cthulhu again or something, you know? It <laughs> sounds cool to me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Curse of Naxxramas is sort of the the bloated expansion out of all these. It's like, oh, when you see a Curse of Naxxramas card, you're probably going to pick it because oh, so that adventure there. was crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I'm not a, I'm not a big arena player either, but... People have been clamoring for some kind of way to play with a different uh, pocket of sets. They've kind of tested this in Tavern Brawl, where you've been able to construct a deck mm. from a few different expansions. And those have been really well received from what I've seen. I've enjoyed them. So I think that this is a great way to bring some spice to Arena. I I think for arena play I haven't I actually I haven't gone and looked at what, what many arena players think but I would I would venture to imagine that they're pretty psyched about this just because it's going to give them something very different to play 
so I, I'm excited to see this. I'll definitely try it out a few times and, and see how it goes, see if my luck changes. Uh, also worth noting, they actually did say that winning an arena will, will now count towards your 500 wins with each class for a golden hero portrait. Which is a nice little quality of life thing that they're adding. I yeah. Mean, honestly, for people who only play arena, I feel like they should probably still have access to that uh, to that golden hero. Yeah, I think and so. That's too. not many of us, but it's it's good. Yeah, I think so. With that, I mean, you're competing against another person in a format that that you like to play, and there's a lot of just amazing arena players out there that would have well more than the golden hero wins. So I think this is good to see. Yep. Yeah. Uh, several other quality of life things that they kind of mentioned here. Pre-releases are going to continue to happen for Fireside Gatherings. They did that with Rastakhan's Rumble. Uh, well, they they first of all did it with Boomsday Project at, at only a few select places. But Rastakhan's Rumble, they opened it up to pretty much any Fireside Gatherings that wanted to do it. Uh, I got to host one with my buddy Saucy Mailman and Rod Johnson from Tier 5. And that was a ton of fun. Oh, cool. I'm hopeful that... I'm hopeful that we'll do that again because uh, we all had a blast doing that and had a pretty good turnout. So if you were thinking about doing it and didn't do it, I, this was really exciting news for me, just that they're going to continue to support that and find new ways to basically spice it up. Um, another thing I mentioned is you'll be able to reroll legendary quests. So things like uh, when a new, well, like when Monster Hunt was first released, uh, you had the uh, beat 10 bosses with Toki the Time Tinkerer. And until you beat that quest, you would not get a third quest on your uh. Uh, on your, on your your log. And some people, they just have no desire to play solo adventures. So again, quality of life thing. Yep. Those quests, you'll, you'll now be able to re-roll into a normal quest. So uh, nice for them. Uh, the next thing, I, I'll let you take this one because cardbacks, I'm guessing, are up in your in your art world, aren't they? Aren't they, Meg? They are. They are actually. My um, my my lovely girlfriend has got me a phone cover that's the cardback that I use, which is the S'mores one. So my phone looks like a card, which oh, I love. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a good one too, man. Oh, my, awesome. my Colorado roots are loving that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't actually have S'mores in Australia that much. Obviously, it's not really over here, but it's a cool looking cardback. So. I think when it what gets they... cold, you could do it. Oh yeah, yeah. we'll get there. Um, <laughs> random, yeah. So random card back. So basically, you get to go in and select a a random card back, and every time you play, it will just take a card back from your collection, and you get it for that game, which is cool. That's so awesome. Yeah, people have been asking for that for a long time. It's a nice way to really show people just the wide variety of card backs you have. They'll never know that you chose this one, but it's kind of cool for you that you get to see different things, especially if you've been uh, saving them up over a long time. And I, I think I heard that there's a very small chance that the random card back will be your card back, which is basically like a wooden outline. Oh, it looks so kind of awesome looks like, too. So. I actually think it's a good looking card yeah. back. So it's good that they've used yeah, that as yeah. one as well. So I think it's, yeah. it's a really cool idea. So many people like like to collect these things and then they have to make the decision of what mm -hmm. do they put with what or what one are they using for this deck. And now you can just pick this and uh, let the game decide for you. Not too shabby. And then another thing they mentioned is that they are going to have a smarter deck builder. And that's how they called it. I will say that the deck builder is not going to be completely pointless, mm. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they added in this, this uh, great idea where if you put in a deck code and you don't, if you do not have a card that's in that list, you could click it and it would show you some suggestions. It was a great idea, but the problem is those suggestions were basically always pointless. 
Yeah. Uh, you would be missing, I don't know, uh, like Dr. Boom is all that's coming to mind. And it would say, would you like to replace it with Magma Rager or perhaps a Cobalt Geomancer? No, no, yeah. I don't want either of those. Like that doesn't do anything like that. So the deck builder is now going to be able to actually help you. Um, and, and it actually is going to be quite a bit smarter. So let's say, for example, you've got this new card from the new set. Uh, I don't know, the microphone of glory. I'm just, <laughs> I'm looking at the microphone in front of me. That's all I can think. So this brand new game breaking card, microphone of glory. And you're like, oh, I want to make a deck with this card. I just don't know what to do. Now, what you'll be able to do is go into your deck builder, put in two copies of microphone of glory, and then have it fill in the rest of the deck for you. And what it'll do is it'll use their data on the back end and it will find the highest or the, the best performing deck. And that's sort of a little mysterious. We don't know exactly what yeah. that means on their terms, um, but it'll be a good deck more than likely or the best deck that's possible with Microphone of Glory. And, and it'll fill in the rest <laughs> with cards that you have. Yeah. And so I think this is this is fantastic for the new player, for people who don't know where to start. I think it's one of the most intimidating things. For those of us who have been playing the game for a while, we know the deck archetypes, we know what works. We know the basics, at least, of constructing a deck. But for somebody who's new and just says, hey, this is a cool card, I want to try it out, but they don't know about sites like HS Replay or Hearthstone Top Decks or other places where you can get decks and stuff, like they, they just don't know what to start. So this would be a great in-app solution for them to be able to do some of that. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be good, that you know, because it's only going to fill one or two cards that you're missing. So hopefully it works in a way that it kind of recognizes the, the synergy that you're missing or that you're going for there mm -hmm. and, and kind of suggests something similar. So, you know, you know, yeah. if you are missing Magma Rager, it doesn't give you Cobalt Geomancer because that's not what, you know, that's not what that's filling. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and those suggestions will get smarter. So it'll work on both capacities where you have a ton of cards that you need to fill in or you just have a couple that are missing. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited to learn more about that, but I think it'll, it'll just be a nice little addition in there. Um, what else? They also mentioned that they're going to send out the Year of the Mammoth in style. If you log in between March 25th and April 2nd, uh, they'll reward you with one pack of each uh, each set from that year. So Journey to Angoro, Knights of the Frozen Throne, and Kobolds and Catacombs. I, it's, it's a little something. We're never going to complain about free packs. No. But, um, you know, it, it'll just uh, help you with your wild collection, I suppose. Pretty yeah. Quickly. Or, get you, or get you some dust if you're not interested. In and it's free too. packs. We all love free packs. Exactly. So we got to talk about some teasers here because though though we haven't straight up heard that this new expansion we're getting uh, little remnants of, there are the there's these videos featuring a mysterious fortune teller. Mick, tell us uh, tell us because you have got a critical eye when it comes to the visual aspects of this game. <laughs> what have you know? Talk to us about what you've seen in these fortune teller teasers so far. Well, the fortune teller, we've basically, what have we got? We've got, you know, someone there who's obviously, a, you know, someone with the site who's telling us about a, a bunch of schemers that they're gathering together in, a, in almost what you could consider a, a dark, twisted version of the inn or something like that, gathering a team together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. This fortune teller was first introduced to us in the Whispers of the Old Gods trailer. Uh, she had a very small role in that, but immediately when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, this is the same person. So 
Uh, we don't know her outside of that. She wasn't a character in the game, I don't think. Um, no, I don't think so either. Like that. No, I think also um, now she's changed her her pauldrons from memory. I think she used to have. She has a snake now, and she didn't before. So there's lots of little changes okay. as well. Uh, yeah. So she's she's sort of a terror reader. She's flipping these cards, which is obviously remnant of, of Hearthstone. And as she's flipping them, the first one, uh, there's sort of a crystal ball. She kind of talks about herself. So I it, it and then the second one has what is very obviously King Togwaggle's crown, uh, and then a scales of justice with some uh, some candles outweighing the gold on the other side. So obviously, like that's a throwback to. Cobalt's and catacombs and in the next video they actually straight up revealed okay she's gathering these people like you mentioned king togwaggle as we're recording this is the only one we know of like i said it's, there's no way that that's all we know about as you're, as you're yeah, listening that, yeah to that's this. right um but it does seem like there's like i'm i'm really thinking that we're kind of gonna see this league of villainry or something from the hearthstone universe and I'm wondering if that's the theme for this first expansion of the year. I think it could be really cool to sort of uh, just think about the villains like Togwaggle, like um, like Hagatha perhaps might have been revealed in the in the latest card that we saw. Um, even Doctor Boom, I, he's had a prominent role pretty recently, so I don't know that he'll be a part of that. But um, could be interesting to sort of see some uh, see some villains, maybe uh, an expansion with heroes after that. Um, yeah, that would be cool too. You know, kind of the you've got the villains and then the heroes, and then after that's the clash or the big villain. Who knows? But mm -hmm. this definitely right. screams like they're getting a bunch of almost kind of classic, you know, cards and classic characters together to to come together mm -hmm. in the one thing, which is just exciting. Yeah. If you're interested in reading more about my hypothesis behind this, I actually wrote a blog post the day after this first one was released, so you can go to thehappyhearthstone.com. If you scroll to the bottom, it, it typically shows new podcast episodes at the top, but at the bottom, it scrolls through the blog, and so you'll see the latest one on there, and uh, I go more in depth with this, but I think it's really cool how they, it seems like they've developed a Hearthstone universe over the past several years, and mm. this year looks like it could be the first time that they're really exploring what they've created. I'm sure they'll create more, obviously, but this seems to have more uh, more roots in what what's out there rather than... Um, now, granted, I think all 135 cards are probably going to be new. I don't think we're going to see any repeats. But I think similar to how at least the Trailblazer we saw as an iteration of at least Starseeker, we might see a new version of King Togwaggle. Um, saw it, sad Waggle, I think some people are <laughs> calling him in the in the picture that was shown. So maybe that's a card. I don't know. But um, but yeah, man, I hype is at a max. I mean, it's always an exciting time when a new expansion's coming, but they they just seem like... It seems like these villains are up to a lot, but really, Team Five are the ones that are up to up to no good with all this. So I oh, can't yeah. wait to see how it all comes. Well, we, they might be the villains yet. We've got to see what the new cards do. Who knows? It's true. It's true. We don't know. So, um, so that'll be cool. You can uh, stay tuned. They've been releasing those videos both on their Twitter and on the official Play Hearthstone YouTube. So uh, you can definitely go check them out. Last piece of news, as if we haven't had a show already, right? <laughs> I know. Right? Um, my goodness. Uh, they've re they recently had a few of the developing the developers from Hearthstone do an an AMA on Reddit. If you haven't heard of that, that's Ask Me Anything, which is where the community can just go on and literally ask anything. 
And there were several interesting things that popped up. There were a couple that I wanted to highlight here. One of them was that uh, someone asked, in the past, pre-expansion ad- additions like Marin the Fox and Volcanosaur made the game more exciting during down periods. Are you planning on doing that again in the future? Uh, Giovanni, who's one of the uh, lead mission designers, said, absolutely, players really enjoyed having a burst of flavor and change right before an expansion hits. In fact, we'll be doing it for this expansion. Hi! Awesome, awesome. So excited. And then, and then Mike Denae goes on to say, this time we will give away the card a week before the expansion comes out so you can use it over the pre-release weekend. So um, really exciting to even have a time frame, honestly. I don't yeah. even care what the card is. Literally, I, I said this on Twitter, but the Volcanosaur meta was the best meta that we've ever seen just because it was fun. Like, And I don't think that card ever would have seen play outside of this very limited time where it's just it's the new card. So I am all about this and I'm mm. really excited to, to play around. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm hoping that it works into some of the new keywords and kind of gives us an idea of what that's going to look like. And maybe it's like Volcanosaur, something that might not necessarily see play later on, but just something we get to just have sure. fun with for a weekend. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm a bit hesitant to believe it would be a new thing because the patch, well, no, the patch must have hit it actually by that point. So, mm. and who knows, like Marin the Fox did something new that wasn't technically in the game. Like it wasn't a new mechanic, but... Uh, there wasn't something like that that appeared on your opponent's side. Anyway, um, but speaking of new keywords, why don't you tell us about the next one, Mick? Well, so with the AMA, basically, we uh, they asked them what's the new keyword for the expansion, and uh, you got to you got to give it to the guys with their their subtlety here. Um, <laughs> Miss Mister Thompson says we'd give you a hint, but it might give too much away. The word "too" being italicized. Uh, Giovanni and spelled out T W O. Yep, sorry, T W O. Um, Giovanni said, didn't someone already ask this? I swear I'm seeing twins. Twins is again italicized. Mm-hmm. Mr. Donay, I want. To, I just wanted to double down on the fact that we can't give any new keywords away. And finally, is it Quasar? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who this guy was. I think I think it's part of the team, but he wasn't technically part of the AMA. <laughs> I could be wrong. but. And then uh, he says, to change it up a little bit, he says, geez, y'all, don't just spell it out for everyone with spell being italicized. Right. So two, like the number, double down, twins, and spell. That's what we know mm. of this new keyword. So what, what do you think that could all come together to mean, man? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my little, uh, little tinfoil hat here, my little you know, weird, weird ideas. I'm going to go out there and say that it's some kind of mechanic with minions or spells that interact with each other. So like a twin or a, or a double mechanic and similar to how Starlag and Fugan worked or how blood of the ancient Mm -hmm. one worked. Cool. Okay. So something where, uh, maybe it's, if you get both on the board, it might do something really, uh, really exciting. Or Stalag and Fugan was interesting because they didn't have to be on the board at the same time. They just both had to die over the course of the game. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it's if you've played something else with twin or double previously to this game, do this. Or if you have something mm-hmm. with twin in your hand, do this. Or something like that. Something that interacts with each other in a certain way for a payoff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of uh, speculation happening on the Happy Hearthstone Discord, which you should join if you haven't yet, because it's free and it's awesome. The happyhearthstone.com slash Discord. Short promo. I can agree um, with that. It is but, it is awesome. <laughs> but someone mentioned Twin Emperor Vecklor, and I hadn't thought about that card in a long time. 
that was like if you had if if your Cthulhu had had reached a certain level, then uh, Twin Emperor Vecklor would create a copy of itself. That's right. So I, yeah. I, I thought I thought that was an that was an interesting idea. Honestly, it's this last comment. Uh, just don't spell it out for everyone. That I'm like. Wait, is it only going to be a keyword on spells then? I just don't know how that part fit because I think there's a lot that we could come up with. Um, you know, I thought about a mechanic in Eternal called Echo, where basically if you draw a card with Echo, you draw a copy of it. Uh, so sort of like what Chromagus does with every card. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Just be a specific card. Um, so yeah, it's it's man, I re- I really don't know what's gonna. I, so again, I like that they are teasing us, but they didn't give anything completely away. I'm sure that once we see it, it's like, oh, duh, that's what. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very obvious in hindsight, won't it? We'll be like, how did we come up with these other ideas? Yep. This is clearly what it was. You know, and if we are going with this whole villain schematic, it makes sense that they'd be you know doing some trickery to get double when they shouldn't have gotten that or something. You know. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, we just made it through the news section and we could call it a show, man. <laughs> but, oh man. <laughs> but honestly, like, there's obviously a lot to be excited about. Um, are, are there any uh, feelings you want to communicate about Year of the Dragon here before we move on? I'm just excited with everything that they're doing. Um, the communication coming through from the from the guys over there, from the team over there has been amazing. I think they're building it up right. I like everything that they've done so far in terms of what they're doing to close off the year of you know, the year of the mammoth and then open up the year of the dragon. Mm-hmm. I think it's just all been great. And it's, and it's getting me excited again. You know, I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next month just to get out there and see what's happening. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I, I speak for many of us when I say that Hearthstone has been through some weird patches in the past six, nine, 12 months. Yeah. You know? And to feel like in, in the past few months, as we've seen the team get more connected with uh, the community uh, really like reach out and I mean the massive amounts of like uh, nerfs that we saw happen when the meta was really starting to settle down uh, just for the sake of spicing it up yeah and and then all of the promise we see from uh, from all the stuff on here like they're I feel like they're promising a lot for this next year, but I have no reason to think that they're gonna that they're overselling themselves by any stretch either. So no, not at all. I am um I, I am right there with you, and I I feel like uh, I feel like we're all at a point where we're ready to believe, we're ready to uh, believe the best, and and really get excited. And so uh, yeah, I I cannot wait to see some of these new cards. I know that uh, I know the team is usually working like a year in advance on cards overall, so. Um, they've been working on these cards for a long time for this set for this year. So, uh, yeah, I, I could not wait, could not be more excited to button down the hatches and do six more hours with Steve as we uh, talk in depth about all. Oh, I hope, I hope Steve hears this and he's just as excited as well. (laughs) I, Hey, I, I know that he is too. Uh, his voice may not be, but, uh, his, his brain and heart are, I'm sure as mine are too. So, (laughs) well, well, before we get onto our main topic, I want to talk about our Patreon and I will continue to tease a little bit. Uh, that we that I, I do have some big changes coming this month to the Patreon. I've started rolling some of those out to people who are patrons of the Happy Hearthstone. So if you are a patron and you haven't seen that, uh, you need to download the Patreon app onto your phone and check out some of the lens clips I've been dropping. Um, I'll be doing more to communicate just to make sure that you have a heads up. Um, but I really think these changes are going to be positive. I'm actually offering some brand new things that I haven't done before. And they're, they're especially going to help those of you 
who maybe listen to this show, maybe you've been playing Hearthstone for several months, maybe you picked it up recently, but you really feel like you're hitting a wall. You feel like you want to get better at this game, but you don't really know the steps to take. You kind of just keep, uh, you know, subjecting yourself to the ladder, hoping that you get better. Maybe you make some strides, but, you know, two steps forward, two steps back, can't seem to gain traction. These new rewards are really going to be helpful for you in order to break through those walls, uh, get connected with some good people who can help you grow and uh, and and not just uh, dream about hitting new uh, new achievements in the game, but actually getting there. So I'm really excited about that. I'll have more to tell you all next episode and uh, much more between the episodes through Twitter and uh, on the website and stuff like that. So be sure to stay connected uh, and you can go check it out at patreon.com slash the happy Hearthstone. I really want to thank those of you who are supporting the show. Seriously, I feel it. Uh, very much uh, your love and support uh, like insanity. And real quick, let's just take a few seconds uh, to hear a quick message from the sponsors of this episode as well. All right, so we tease a conversation about art. I'll be honest, Mick, it's kind of tough to talk about art when you can't see it. Yeah. So maybe we could suggest to the listeners, like if you're like, if you're on the road, you should just listen, like don't try and do anything, but maybe if you're at work, you kind of pull off a little window to the side. And as we're talking about a card, maybe you like search for the artwork or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Why not? Um, but, but you know, we, uh, we are going to do some good conversations around this stuff. Why don't you take the lead here and, and, and tell us about uh, the different aspects we're going to talk about when it comes to the art in Hearthstone? Well, I think today what I'd like to talk about is, is just I've, I've sort of thought we'd pick out a couple of cards here and talk about why I like them and why I think they kind of do cool things in the game and why, why they're important to the game and all the different styles and different feelings and atmosphere that they help present through. You know, these are cards that we should have all probably seen a few times by now, but they're easy to miss. And I just thought it'd be cool to look at the pieces themselves away from the game, away from the frame, and just kind of talk about all the cool things that they have in them, you know? Yeah, it sounds great. So I think, look, one of the things about Hearthstone that makes it its own thing, it makes it its own flavor, its own sort of state, is 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 the aesthetic. And they, they've chosen an aesthetic around the entire game here that's a bit less serious it's a bit more sort of cartoon-esque and mostly light-hearted with like a, a comic book or an animation feel with lots of bold colors which is is a great you can see with everything that they do it all plays into that idea of this is a more light-hearted game that people play in the wow in or people sort of share together and they take their time off to play this game and the cards and the boards and all the interaction show that more fun side of this sort of, you know, this, this, uh, this property, this area, you know, this Warcraft. Mm -hmm. So I guess one of the cool things that we can also, you know, I wanted to skip over a bit and mention is being a digital card game with all the cool sound effects and stuff, we've got things like the Lich King and, you know, when he drops in and drops all the frost everywhere and changes the board or Growl the shark jumps out of the board and eats a minion and then, you know, <laughs> flops back down and waters everywhere and, you know, things like eviscerate effects or volcano or twisting nether are, are so cool and it's one of the things about a digital card game that you just you can't do anywhere else. 
it really separates mm-hmm. it out. But I didn't want to talk about that too much. I thought we'd, we'd talk about some cards. So uh, you ready to get into it? Yeah, let's talk about the flair of the dare ing game that didn't play out like I thought it was. Let's talk about cards. So. <laughs> well, the first one that I thought we might talk about is uh, is is Blink Fox. Now, Blink Fox, the artist is Ava Waterman. Uh, it's a three mana, three three rogue beast with battle cry. Add a random card to your hand from your opponent's class, and Basically, we're looking at a, at, a, at, a, at a blue fox here in front of some trees, looking up serenely into some falling leaves that are shaped like love hearts. I mean, what what, what are your initial impressions of, of looking at just that piece, Andrew? You know, it's, it's a really fascinating one because it's gorgeous. And I think mm. anybody who looks at it would think that. But it's... Like a fox is such a mystical creature. I'm a I'm a, I'm just a fan of the fox animal as it is because they're mischievous, they're playful, uh, they're kind of sneaky. Like they're they're a very animated animal. Honestly, um, you can't say that about every animal just by nature. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's I think one of the that they capture. Go ahead. It's one of it's one of the things here that like no one really dislikes a fox. You know what I mean? No one really mm-hmm. says, "Oh, I hate foxes; they're a pest." Or you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not like a snake right. or a spider or something like that. People generally love mm-hmm. foxes, or they don't mind them. Yeah, and I think that they captured some of the mysticism around them. Uh, there's a little bit of the playfulness, just kind of in the fox's eye, even mm. just sort of looking at these leaves and kind of you know, you don't know what it, what he's thinking, but he might be. Uh, I, I I can't even say honestly. Um, it's interesting because this fox, I, cause I think it's classified as a beast in the game. Um, but so, like with the Witchwood grizzly, they decided to change it from looking like a ghost, sort of like blink foxes into more of an actual animal. So I don't know why they made a different choice on this one necessarily. Oh, thank God they didn't honestly, like the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the Witchwood grizzly nerf, I was actually upset about that. I thought it it was unnecessary. You? Oh, no. It looked so cool and it looked like. If you were adventuring through the Witchwood Forest and you saw a bear, that it would look like that to me. But mm-hmm. you know, but back back to Blink Fox, I think it's just yeah. it's so beautiful and ethereal. Like it's it's sitting mm-hmm. there. It looks like it's not quite of the world, but it looks serene where it is. And I'm not sure what the briefing was that Ava was given for this, but you know, if you if I said to you, "What does a Blink Fox look like?" and you came up with something, and then I showed you this, you just you would say to me, "Oh, yeah, that's." That's what a blink fox looks That's like. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you chose this one, and I know you are specifically a fan because you've got this artwork pretty much everywhere <laughs> as far as your profile. It's yeah, that's right. My, uh, my girlfriend was kind enough to to edit that a little bit on my profile picture, so you can check that out yep. on Twitter to have a look. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a little more of a ba blink fox, but it's a, it's a good one. So. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> Cool. Next one we've got here is Shivala the Tiger. Man, this regal loa of the uh, what, what's the paladin? Oh um, yeah, paladin. What are they, what's, what, what's their team? I can't remember. They're the gosh, tigers. Is it already the tigers. The uh, Shivala's tigers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move right past that. And um, artist on this one is Arthur Gimaldinov. And uh, this is a twenty-five mana paladin beast, a seven attack, five health. And it's got Divine Shield, Lifesteal, and Rush, but it costs one less for each mana you've spent on spells. 
So this was the first Loa that we saw when Rastakhan's Rumble was revealed at BlizzCon. And I mean, immediately people were excited about this. I, I mean, honestly, like as much as the Blink Fox is kind of mischievous and, and uh, mysterious, Shervala is just regal and majestic and commanding. I feel like, uh, I, well, I, I'm, I don't have all the Loas right in front of me, but like this was one that really just firmly uh, felt like getting into the arena, like the the battle is happening around you and, you know, you're going to feel good calling in this massive beast at your side who's going to be able to trade and get you some health back and just be very, very effective. Yeah, this, I mean, this piece is amazing. They've done, if I can just talk about, you know, so with the, with the background, what they've done here is basically to me, I don't know about you, Andrew, but this reminds me of the cartoons I used to watch as a child. Mm, okay. And it's basically, to me, it looks like, you know, animation. It looks like an animation cell. And what the artist has done here to kind of bring that out is, through, you know, through the use of colors and perspective, it's brought Shivala, and Shivala really pops at you. So with the mm -hmm. dull sort of background behind Shivala, and we've got those really bold, popping colors at the front, the background blends away and there's a separate layer to you while Shavala almost looks like she's about to leap out of the card at you, you know, sort of pausing, you know? <laughs> That's true, yep, yep. The way that they've done that with the perspective and the background colours and the, and the different use of the colours, the bowl is just for Shavala. The background is almost inconsequential. It sets you up that you're in an arena, but it's washed out, it's faded. And, I mean, if you had the lower of the mm -hmm. Tigers in front of you, you honestly – would not be noticing anything else either with that huge, huge lower no, right in front yeah. of your face. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting too, like the golden armor pieces mm. that, that she's got here too, because um, they're not like completely uh, just take you. I, I I don't know your your eyes don't go to that. It goes to Shervala's face, and yet those really are just kind of a piece that hey, this isn't just some big tiger. This tiger has been armed for battle at the same time too, and is adorned by these um, by by these pieces that obviously were costly to her people. You know, so yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of layers there to kind of look at. Um, like this is how they really because we were told they worship these beasts to some point or something like that. So. It, yeah, it looks like armored jewelry, don't you think? You know, it looks like jewelry yeah, that you'd yeah, wear yeah. on the throne or going into the battle. It fills kind of both of those roles there, I think. Next next card that we've got to talk about here is um, Marsh Drake. The artist is uh, Wayne Wu. And it is a neutral uh, three-mana 5-4 dragon with the battle cry, summon a 2-1 poisonous Drake Slayer for your opponent. Now, the reason that I wanted to talk about Marsh Drake is because it doesn't actually see much play as far as I'm aware. I mean, you you don't see that much, do you? No, it's not a common card unless you're Sean Smoker, of course. <laughs> He's my buddy oh, who I... can't get enough of this card, honestly. Oh, really? What What is it that he liked about it? Oh, he everything. I mean, the fact that it's a tempo card and he, I mean, he has done really well with his own bruise of Dragon Hunter. And mm. especially if you're playing Hunter and you've got Candleshot equipped, Marsh Drake is fantastic. I mean, it basically costs you a charge of your weapon to get a 5-4 for 3 on the board. Oh, yes. So. Some of the other cool things that I've seen people do with it is um, Marsh Drake into Super Collider. Oh, okay, okay. And then so they the, can you know, take care of anything else that you've got or that they've got on the board. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if they've got a, they've got a bit of a Lich King there, you pull out your, your Marsh Drake and then you can hit your oh, Lich King oh, into your Marsh Drake oh, and it's gone for one. 
into the poison dragon slayer. Yeah, that's pre- that's pretty good. <laughs> I gotta give you that. Oh, yeah, I mean, I would never have thought of that, but some people are just much cleverer at this game, you know. <laughs> so, look, the reason that I want to talk about this is because some of the other things that I like to talk about is what the art looks like outside the frame. So we get used to what a card looks like and a minion on the board with the oval sort of shape, and you know, art has to fit into that into that oval shape, which. Which is good because for the purpose of the game, you know, we need to have restrictions on these things. But I think there are certain pieces that when we put them into that small frame, they actually lose a lot of the intent from the artist. And and Marsh Drake yeah. for me is one of yeah. them. So what are the things that you really miss out on? Um, because I'm looking at it and I can see them now, but most people who aren't can't. Well, I mean, inside the frame, it just looks like a regular dragon. But outside the frame... What have we got here? We've got a village that's obviously being attacked by this drake. We've got darkness everywhere. We've got buildings lit up. It's nighttime, and you can see there's one lone soldier or fighter there holding a crossbow by himself aimed up at the dragon. It just changes the whole thing to me. Yeah, the context of this dragon. I mean, when when you just see the dragon on a card, it's just a dragon on a card. But, mm. uh, yeah, thinking about... Uh, you know, Wayne actually drawing this, he was kind of telling a story with this artwork and it gets, it gets lost if you don't take the time to actually go and and look it up outside of, uh, outside of the game itself. Yeah, exactly. And it makes it, makes it something a lot cooler. I mean, it reminds me a lot of the Hobbit, you know, Bard from Lake town when he takes down uh, Smaug with the, with with the arrow. It's very reminiscent of that to me in terms of the architecture, in terms of the lone guy against this impossible dragon kind of coming out of the night I just think the piece is, it's just, it's immense. It's so huge. And it really gives the dragon much more scale, putting it in context with the lone fighter there. Yeah, it, it is pretty cool. And I assume that this little guy is the, um, I can't remember the name of the token that he. Um, He's the poison drag, poisonous drake slayer. Yeah, drake poisonous drake Yep. So I, I assume that that's supposed to be him, but I mean, he's just so much, when you see the token on the other side of the battlefield to the dragon, you just don't get the scale that you do in this image, uh, no. which is just so radically different. I think the coolest thing that I like about this piece also is that from a lighting perspective, the source of the light, like the lightest thing is actually the dragon. You know, there's a little bit of cloud behind it that's lighter, but everything else is quite dark. So it really draws you in and really oh, yeah. pulls you into how big this creature is. Yeah, he's really bright. Like the, yeah, the, like the really green vivid. just like stands out big time. Mm, and it's an amazing piece for that. I mean, the usage of the light against something like that, where it would be so easy to make the dragon all black and red, you know what I mean? Or purples and that sort of stuff we see to use a green and use that has almost the source of the light for the piece is such a cool decision because it helps, you know, really give the scale that that one fighter is almost just sort of a part of the city. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going the extra mile to make it, make it really pop. I'm a big fan. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think, and they've done great work. And I mean, this is just something for just a regular minion, you know. This isn't a huge hero card or anything. Right, but it right. Just, you know, just the amount of work that's gone into something like this is is lovely. Yeah. And speaking of, like, uh, cards that sort of have a story behind the art, we've got Karen Bloodhoof here next uh, from the classic set. The artist on this one is Rain- Wayne Reynolds, excuse me. And uh, Karen is a six-mana 4-5. The Death Rattle is summon a 4-5 being Bloodhoof. So... The definition of tempo and value all in oh, one yeah. card. 
basically. Um, yeah, I mean, Karen is like in a battle, and mm. I, I mean, think it's funny because you don't see a single other creature on the battlefield with him, but it is obvious that there is like complete insanity going on around him, and I, I love how the artists like, uh they gave us enough to see the context, but at the same time leaves a lot to the imagination too. Like, does he just have an entire, because there's arrows poking out of his skin and the ground and like all over the place. So it leaves you wondering, like, is he just surrounded by archers or was this like on his run into, you know, charging into the field or something? Like, I don't know where they came from, but he's obviously like rough and tough and uh, taking it on the chin for sure. Oh yeah, I mean he looks like a guy who's in the midst of a lot of a lot of battles here. He's either doing about to do something huge or he's in you know against immeasurable odds and just a, like you said the arrows are everywhere. Like they're in him, they're in his leg and his arm, they're in the rock surrounding him, they're in his side and he just I mean this to me is just a, a straight up comic book cover. You know, this looks like you go to the mm. comic book shop and see, you know, Ken Bloodhoof issue 1 and and this would be the cover and you sure, would sure. pick this up. <laughs> I think like the the depths and the lines here, the darkness of it is, I mean, they've turned one of the great leaders of the Horde into something that he should look like, which is a great leader and a, you know, a powerful, a powerful being that looks like they can be surrounded by almost immeasurable odds, but still hold their own. I think they've really captured mm. that in this one. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I mean, you don't ever want somebody from the Horde looking weak but this is like <laughs> no. so far on the other side of the spectrum that it's like, whoa, buddy, don't it down a little bit here. I don't know that you need to be that intense out there. Like, <laughs> you, you're going to kill plenty of people. Don't worry. About oh, it. yeah. I mean, he, he just looks amazing in this pace. He looks like a leader. The line usage is great. It's different again to the things that we've seen before. There's lots more blacks in here, lots more kind of harsher lines. The source of light this time is sort of behind Can, putting him into shadow. You get a good scale of how big he is by all these arrows and those huge totems mm -hmm. coming at you. And there's movement aplenty with his beard being swept around, where he's glancing. I mean, he looks like he's just kind of almost stopped at the end of a step before he leaps off again. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it too. <laughs> well, that's the last one we're going to talk about. I just, I wanted to pick something that was kind of cool and a bit, a bit psychedelic here. You know, something with kind of cool use of colors and Something that, you know, is a, a bit different and had a lot of influence on it. So what I've gone with is uh, Grumble World Shaker. And the artist is Hideka Takamura. I apologize if I've pronounced that wrong, Hideka. Um, <laughs> six, six mana, seven, seven, Shaman Elemental. Battle Cry, return your minions to your hand. They cost one. So, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think of this, looking at this piece, Andrew? I remember when I first saw this and I was like, what the heck is going on? Like mm. you're in a cave. Uh, there's some crystals. Wait a minute. Is that thing alive? Oh my gosh. The ground is not in the ground anymore. It's outside of the ground and it wants to kill me. Like <laughs> yeah. that was pretty much the progression. I mean, this is, this is a very well done elemental uh, minion, which I think is probably tough to, well, it's it's nice because elementals are based off real things essentially, but mm. it's animate objects out, made out of inanimate objects. So I think there's a level of difficulty in being able to pull that off well. Uh, that I there's just there's a lot of contrasting colors. There's bright colors. 
And somehow it, it works well to create this giant that it just looks foreboding. Uh, I do not want to mess with Grumble on his best days, um, <laughs> much less his worst. Uh, so, yeah, I just think there's a lot of layers that are really, really pretty fun. What about you? I mean, he, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. He, he, he looks like he's just honestly lifted out of the ground, but underground in this cave, you know, he looks massive. He looks ancient, but it's to me again, you know, this artist has actually done a lot of, a lot of cool cards sort of similar to this. He's done, you know, arcane tyrant, uh, Aslina soul thief, Meccano egg, Robosaur, and he likes to use okay, these sort okay. of psychedelic sort of colors. Uh-huh. Um, and the use in this of just the blues, you know, the first thing to me is just the face and those eyes. And then it's that massive hand, you know, coming at you like the thing from Fantastic Four or something like that. <laughs> sure. Mm. And to highlight that, he's used, you know, almost neon blue, right? That's behind the hand here rather than any other sort of light to show all the crystals and show all the earth-made golem and all those pink crystals and everything are just the use of blues on this in terms of a highlighting medium, in terms of a shading, a shading medium, it's just fantastic color work to get something like this out and then just not go with browns and greens and, you know, oranges and okras and stuff to go with blues and pinks. And you and I know that this is an elemental. So for an artist to be able to do that, it's just something else. Yeah, it was interesting hearing you talk about uh, like when they were first given a brief about what this card should be or kind of mm. what you were thinking it might look like and stuff. I mean, really, I, now you've got me thinking about just just about every card from that perspective, because, yeah. you know, there there's uh, I don't have the experience that these artists did of being given something that was kind of an idea and then being expected to run with it and create something beautiful and engaging and it tells a story, all that kind of stuff. Um, so this is just another one where I think like maybe they said cave, they definitely said elemental. Um, and this is, you know, maybe that this is going to be a legendary minion or something, but then it's like, okay, here's what I come up with. Uh, I, that's just crazy to me that he's able to just come up with this in his mind and, uh, translate it so well. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially with something. I mean, I imagine that the description or the briefing would have said, you know, this is an earth elemental, but to get something like this out of that, that, look, that looks, you know, nothing like what we expect from an Earth Elemental. I mean, this guy looks like the king of Earth Elementals or definitely, yeah, you know, totally. the lord of this realm or something. It's just, it's, again, it's good that we look at these things in terms of what the brief is and how it's hit to just show, like, there's no way they, they would have said pink crystals coming out everywhere and that sort <laughs> <No>. of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely not. But, man, he did a great job. I, th- I think. Oh, yeah, a- I love it. That's a great one. Man, well, you picked some really good cards for us to talk through. I mean, and I, I just want to reemphasize, like, if you were listening to this while you were driving, good on you for not looking at your uh, phone or anything. <laughs> but, oh, yes. uh, but when you get to your place, uh, to your destination, <laughs> definitely look these up because they're worth a second look and, and a critical eye as far as, like, uh, just um, noticing these nuances and details. Mick, do you have, like, a go-to website where you look up artwork like this for Hearthstone? Yeah, generally what I like to do is I like to go to the Hearthstone wiki, and I'll go through there, and usually what they have, the great team over there, will have the ability to look at the the full picture of art there, so you can you can get the scope in and have a look at what it looks like outside of the card frame, so it gives you a better sort of understanding of the piece. Cool, that's great. I'll be sure to 
link to that in the show notes if you're over at thehappyhearthstone.com so you can uh, get all of your artwork for the day from that. Um, but Mick, we do have one more card that we want to talk about, but I don't mm. want to just kind of like ease into it. I feel like, you know, we've talked about the grandeur of Shervala and like the king of the elementals. I feel like this might even need like some kind of, uh, you know, rumbling from the stadiums here. Maybe we can muster together some kind of some kind of a song. What do you think? Well, well, why not? I mean, after all, I feel like it's our card of the week. We've got to give it some sort of circumstance, don't we? I feel like it's only appropriate. So why don't you bring us in, man, and help us uh, help us celebrate here? All right, here we go. Now, we've all played before, but maybe this is our first meeting. I'm not rude, my dude. I'll tap the portrait, tap the bubble, and I'll say, hey, greetings. Turn one, mana one. You know my play. We're going to Ungoro. Please enjoy your stay. Before we start, I should ask, have you been here before? The things I've seen, where have you been? Man, I've cleared Molten Core. But hey, don't stray the path. Say that last play came fast. Hey, may now, pray, please stay. We're going to have a blast because I've got a new power and I know just the place. I'm pushing buttons like it's nothing. Here's eight for your face. You can sit back, relax, just stay right in your place because now you'll feel the embrace of my legendary mace. With hot flow like Major Domo, I spit fire like rag and you should change your card back to a waving white flag. You mad? It's sad because you never stood a chance. All those cards are nothing playable, sitting in your hand. My man, I'm flinging fire and that makes me a boss. There's no need for HS replay, this counts as a loss. The end of this game comes back to the start, when you should have conceded before I tore you apart, when I played the card with the ultimate art. How was you staying on Goro? Yo, huh. welcome to Fireplume's heart. <laughs> that was unreal. Oh my goodness. Well <laughs> Thanks, done, man. my friend. Oh my no, gosh. Thank you. I feel I feel like Ben Brode himself would be very very proud because uh, yeah we'll have to reach out to him. <laughs> That's right, my goodness. Okay, well tell us about Fireplume's Heart, man. <laughs> well, Fireplume's Heart is the one mana warrior quest from the Ungaro uh, Ungaro block. It is by the artist Nate Bowden. One mana warrior quest. The uh, quest is to play seven taunt minions, and the reward is Sulfurus. And Sulfurus is a three mana four two weapon with a battle cry. Your hero power becomes deal eight damage to a random enemy. Whoo, that's a good hero power right there. Oh, is it ever? Isn't it just a fun <laughs> hero power? Don't we just love it? Oh yeah, I love it when I am dealing it. I don't love it so oh, much yeah, when no. I am on the receiving end of it. <laughs> it's it's a, it's great to be on the receiving end because sometimes you're like, all right, minion, minion, hit a minion, or no, no, hit face, hit face, hit face, and it's funny how your mind changes. Like, no, no, hit me, no, hit that, hit no, me, no, hit no. that. I love it. <laughs> and you I feel actually, like you're um, owed the correct target, uh, no matter yes. what, like every yeah, single time. <laughs> well, actually, um, because I, I, we spoke about you know card of the week a while ago, and I actually always wanted to do this. I'll get to that in a second, but I didn't actually own it. So before coming oh. on here, I crafted this in gold a few weeks ago so i could actually get out and play with it dang nice okay so what was your experience like uh, i'm not very good at warrior <laughs> <laughs> that's unfortunate there's only one way to get better though <laughs> oh that's right i just need to play a bit more it's a it's a fun card i really like it i think in in general the the quest has a mechanic were really cool and something that i'm i'm definitely going to miss this coming year and also for a set of cards, I actually think they have some of the best art in the game. Mm, yeah. And I, would I agree think, with that. yeah, I mean, just all of the things that they do. And it, we talk about, I mentioned before about what the brief is, but also the other thing that I like about certain cards is intent. Like, what is the, what is the intent? And there's something with an intent here is, is quite difficult because most of the cards only have two or three words. So, how do you imply intent here? But 
the art for Fireplume's heart to me shows a quest. To me, that is someone who is about to complete a quest. Yeah. I think with something like this, I mean, yeah, I've said before it's my favorite art in the game, but basically we've got a little a little sort of person here. Do you know what do you know what that is at all? I can't figure it out. Um, so it looks like a female, like either an elf. Well, it's got to be an elf from the ears, right? Because it's big, tall, pointy. And she's pretty small, though. Um, like, I, yeah, I, I am I am not the lore master. Uh, so I've, I've got to concede to any friends who may who may know for sure. Yeah, anyone out there who knows, please, please get back to us because that would be great. But what we've got is we've got this figure standing on a, on a tree, looking off in the distance at an exploding volcano. And just, the you know, what this does is there's such a grand scale here. The fact that they're what I perceive to be up a tree, they've climbed the tree. You know, they're not looking at this from the ground. And you consider how high us, the viewer, and them, the focus, have to be to then be looking off in the distance at something else that is also impossibly huge, just showing all this power, you know, showing all yeah, this danger yeah. and all these things going on. I mean, surely this picture shows something in there is happening and something in there, if I can tame it, gives me, you know, a, a reward beyond belief. Mm. There I really think... is a complete story in this one little one-mana card. I I totally agree with you, man. Yeah, and you can see here what it is. I mean, for that to, for you, you've got to go get something and you'll get something. And the uses of all the reds and the greens and the purples, again, we, you know, we talked before about how Hearthstone doesn't use many kind of, it uses a lot of sort of cartoony and more more easier sort of methods, I guess. That's a terrible way to describe it, but you get what I mean. And yep, this yeah. is just a use of just raw color work, just beautiful, blended, exciting color work through tonal changes and shifts that just really bring the whole thing together. Yeah. I think this is a really good choice. I, I, I don't like making complete statements like the best art in the game, but I, yeah. I would definitely affirm that this is a good choice if you need to make a choice about that. <laughs> hey, that's up. Hey, that's good enough, Andrew. I'll take that. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, hey, as we finally wrap up this show, I mean, gosh, time flies when you're having fun, but uh, we, we've had a good long show here. Just want to remind you, as always, that you are the happy Hearthstone. This podcast exists for you. It's sustained by you. And I hope that if you just stumbled across this, that you'll come back. You'll listen again. And if this is a show that you have enjoyed listening to for maybe many weeks or even many years, uh, that you'll think about what your next step might be as far as supporting the show. Uh, we didn't have any new iTunes reviews this week, so that is going to be one of the best, quickest, and most longest-lasting way, I know that's in proper English, to support the <laughs> show. So uh, even if you're just listening to this in Apple Podcasts, it would just take a few taps to go over to the show and uh, leave a review, let other people know what you think, and uh, that does help out quite a bit. And if you do that, you can shoot me an email at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com and I'll include you in the raffling for coaching session that I will do next episode for everyone who has uh, entered. So be sure to do that. Also, like I mentioned, the Patreon is a great place. 
uh, to support the show at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone though uh, as i mentioned there will be some changes so i don't blame you at all for waiting to see what those changes are but you can check it out definitely stay in touch uh, i'm on twitter at andrew is living i will be on twitch streaming some and it'll be before the next episode releases so be sure to follow me on twitter and you can just go give me a follow on twitch and turn on notifications and you'll get a little pop-up anytime I think that uh, it's like the 20th of March uh, for several days that my wife and daughter are actually going to go visit uh, my wife's family. And I'll go join them for the tail end of their trip, but I'll have several days. I'll be batching it up over here. So I would love to hang out with you lovely people on Twitch. Maybe see if we can, uh, if I can hit legend. I did get to rank five the other day, so pretty proud of that. Uh, But as we all know, uh, who have done that stretch, that's half the battle. So come on way ahead of me. and what else? You can send me an email at thehappyharston at gmail.com with any thoughts uh, that you have about the show, things you'd like to see in future episodes, or if you'd like to join me for an episode like Mick did, uh, all you need to do is shoot me that email. And that is about all that I can think of, except for, of course, the major thank you to my good friends Risen and Menok. Thank you guys so much for supporting this show at the highest level, official producers of the show. Uh, really excited to see what's going to continue to come from this show in the future. And seriously, it's a huge part uh, supporting the show at the level that you guys do. And I'm sure I speak for a lot of people because not everyone can do that right now. So thank you from them and from me for making this show possible, both of y'all. Uh, now, Mick, I know that there are more people who love the art in this game. I would venture to guess that many people, there has been a passion awoken through our conversation today about this. (laughs) So if they want to continue that and stay connected with you, how can they do that? Well, look, you can find me on pretty much any Hearthstone Discord. I'm I'm obviously with the Happy Hearthstone Discord, so feel free to reach out to me there. And i gotta, I got to echo what Andrew said. Come join it. Fun community. There's always great positive vibes there if you just want to feel better about yourself or your game come hang out with us you know we love to talk about this and we can talk about art you can also find me on twitter at electric mick hs and that's where i rant and rave about whatever and post links about art or other cool things or i'm on instagram at full tilt hs where i talk about arts and what my card of the week is and why i think certain cards are cool so if you thought the conversation we had about like the five or six cards we covered were, you're going to love his card of the week over there because basically he's doing that. He may not have an awesome rap every time, although <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do, but that was, that was impressive. So uh, maybe we can do rap of the month or something. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm down with that. If I got one a month, I'd be, I'd be okay. <laughs> well, Mick, thank you so much for joining me, man. It's been great. Uh, it's been great having you talking about, a section of the game that we just, like I said at the top, we don't slow down enough to really appreciate. So thank you for coming and for uh, for being so true to yourself in that and, and helping us all uh, just enjoy the game more, man. Thanks very much, mate. It's been honestly an absolute pleasure. It was, a, it was a good episode and it was so much great just chatting to you about, you know, another aspect of the game that we all love. Absolutely. My pleasure, man. And thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. We'll see you next time. See you.